Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. I'm Sandra. I'm Carly. And today we have another very special guest. And it finally happened, guys. It finally happened. I don't have to carry all six foot four of Sam Winchester all on my own anymore. We are joined today by Lou, who goes by There Must Be a Lock on AO3. And is that the same on Tumblr as well? Or do you have a different Tumblr one? Um, it's the same on Tumblr, but it's dashes instead of underscores on Tumblr. Ah, so dashes on Tumblr, underscores on AO3. And she is also a Sam lover. And if this is the point where she interrupts me and goes, I also like Dean, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and then I'm going to throw a huge paddy and there will be no episode of this podcast. But it finally happened. We finally have a Sam lover on. So let's start always at the beginning. <laughs> How did you get into Supernatural, Lou? When was it? Were you there from the beginning? Did you come in at the end? Tell us about I getting have, into Supernatural. Please. Um, I'm actually really fairly new to this, all things considered. It was like 2017, I think. Um, so about five years ago. Um, I was like, I'm a teacher. And so I was only working part-time in the summer. And I was home a lot, doing a lot of art. And I went through like... 10 seasons in a really embarrassingly short amount of time um and I think I finished my first watch like right before season 12 or 13 started coming out um so yeah I was I was fairly late to it um but I uh look do you want me to tell the whole fandom history the whole yes yeah Absolutely. So, like, I started writing fan fiction when I was 13. um, Yeah. On a website called Quizilla, which is was like the wild west of the internet. Hmm. Um, That rings a bell. I I know that one. (laughs) It was uh, Lords of Dogtown fic, and then um, put down a couple years later. Came back, uh, wrote some William Beckett from The Academy Is, and then it was Panic at the Disco. Oh um, yes, yeah. twinsies! Uh, my chemical my romance in the used. Well, okay, so I didn't, I didn't write about them at that time, but yes, I am literally wearing a my chemical romance. Yes, <laughs> you can come back every week. Yes, so, like my, uh, one of my uh, like reluctant say to Sam fix features him and Frank Iero, which we can get into later. Like just because the height difference made me laugh. Anyway, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just sorry. It's going to happen. So I went I actually went to college for writing and I got my degree in um, nonfiction. I mostly wrote personal essays and college. I kind of like I had this huge creative block and I didn't write for like four years um, because I had this thing, this idea in my head that it was like a serious thing that I had to take seriously. And like if I was going to write I, it had to be a big deal and it had to be deep and it had to be meaningful and it had to be personal. And at that time, I really didn't want to write about the things that were, you know, happening in my life. Um, so I just, I just, I just stopped writing for like four years. Um, and then I watched Supernatural that summer and I, I had that, you know, that like fandom feeling where you just get sucked in and, want more and and can't get enough and so um for the first time in like years and years and years (laughs) I looked up I looked up fan fiction for Supernatural 
Um, and I got this, I, I got this idea. And I think it's because the show, like anything can happen and because they don't take themselves so seriously. And because it's, you know, there are all these alternate universes and all of these, like mm-hmm. anything can happen basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's space for imagination within that and so I got this silly idea and started writing and uh never really stopped again (laughs) yeah Um, yeah um, right what was your first what was your first story about supernatural related oh god so um I started writing this story uh and I had no idea how it was going to end when I started I just had this idea of like what if Sola Sam had a one-night stand with this girl and then like however many years later they meet on a case and she's um a vampire hunter and Mm -hmm. whatever and and I yeah from at the beginning it was really like I had no idea where it was going I had no idea like how to plot it um sort of found my groove but then by the time I was like three quarters of the way through I kind of honestly just lost interest Mm -hmm. and I got Mm -hmm. hung up on like all of the things about the beginning that I wished I could change Mm -hmm. and so I yeah and like I've always had it in the back of my head because like there is there is a bit of plot that I'm very fond of and I've always had the intention of going back to it and rewriting it but um it hasn't happened yet so maybe someday and then I think it was um marked was the next big one yeah, and that's a, a Dean one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. That was we're like on the, thin I, ice, people. <laughs> we're on thin ice. When I had to talk about Dean, we've talked I about Dean enough. <laughs> we could relabel the last like four episodes of this podcast, the Jensen Ackles Hour. So I think maybe Lou, um, if you could talk a little bit about like your thoughts on on Sam, Sam and Dean, uh, you, primarily Sam. <laughs> But like starting with Sam, like your overall just before, thoughts about the character. Just before you do that, Lou, I'm like about 10 scrolls back in your AO3 history. And I found that Jared Frank fic and I fucking bookmarked it. Nice. The, the title, a, the title is my favorite thing about it. That's that was so great. Silly. That was silly. It references something. Anyway, height differences. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if you know, if you know the band, Sandra, but Frank is about them. <laughs> he's tiny. He's, tiny. he's like tiny. Yeah. Jen. Is he like Rowena? Size. Is he like Rowena? He's like Jen. <laughs> the height difference between Frank and Jared would be the same as between him and Jen. He's fucking okay. tiny. Okay. And she called the fig this tall to ride. Come on now. Uh, I did see that one. <laughs> yes. It's yes. Like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. No, Sam is like making fun of him for his height. And it's, I, I had a lot of fun writing that. It was really <laughs> Yes. <good. laughs> Okay, you can now go. You can now go and talk about anything that you want to talk about. I was just like, I found it. Nice. Um, okay, let's see. Um, Sam Winchester. Uh, so I think that something that I feel like is the main difference in like the way I write about. Um, I don't want to no, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, uh, hang on. I'm getting my thoughts in order. I have so many things to say about Sam and I don't know where to start. Um, it's fine. Don't worry about it. So I think that one of the things that, um, one of the things that I identify with a lot um, with Sam is like A, the, uh, the, the 
substance abuse uh, issue, you know, the whole like demon blood plot line. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely saw some of myself in that. And um, in the like Lucifer plot line with the whole bodily autonomy and trauma and consent and all of those issues um, really, you know, like that is, that is something I, I identify with. And so I've written a lot about, you know, my own issues through Sam's issues with those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that he is just, um, I think he's a really incredible character just because he is so many things and he mm-hmm. really is, contains so many contradictions and is so, um, I think aware of his own contradictions. Um, he is aware that he, you know, doesn't quite fit anywhere in any of these worlds that he sort of steps in and out of. You know, he was always Chewbacca. No. Oh my God, your dog's name is Chewbacca. That's the greatest yes. thing ever. Um, <laughs> uh, I might get up and put his bark collar on him in a second because he's <laughs> he's loud. Um, it's fine, don't worry about it. So uh I think that you know Sam has all of these different facets of himself where where you know he never really felt like he fit in right with his dad and his his brother and um then he went off to Stanford and never quite felt like he fit right because of where he came from and he has he has always had trouble fitting in and um, sort of finding a place where he fits and Mm -hmm. reconciling all of those different parts of himself um, where he is both an incredible, you know, like smart, geeky, whatever, and also, you know, very powerful and strong and (laughs) can mend the universe or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that he ha- uh, is very aware of that. And that makes him extremely kind to the people that they encounter that have been through the same things. Um, the way that he responds to like any of the sort of like misfits that they meet, like the the girl in, um, what was the, the one uh, in the girl in the church? Um, when they dressed up as priests that one time, it's very memorable. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, the priest bit is memorable. The girl, <laughs> not so much. Not- anyway, um, I feel like he just, he is just so kind and so good at putting himself in other people's shoes and like seeing the good in them because people haven't always seen the good in him. Mm. Um he has taken all of this stuff that, you know, has happened to him and has only used it to make himself kinder. And I think that that's one of my absolute favorite things. Um, yeah. In, in, in a person, not just a character, but like, I think that that is uh, really remarkable. And um, I love that about him. I think that it's incredible that he has gone through all of this shit and he has only used it to make himself more kind and more gentle. Um and yeah, I don't know. I mean, like he's he he has so many contradictions and he's so interesting to write about for that reason. Like there is so much in him that you can sort of pull out through these different characters and different plot lines and um really like find so many different things in in, in him to um identify with, I guess. Mm. Yeah. No, I I I identify with that. I'm sort of 
see a lot of like you I see a lot of myself in Sam especially in the kind of going against the the tradition the expectations of the family (laughs) and kind of like branching out on your own and then maybe you need to come back and it's weird and you kind of hate it but you still (laughs) feel that obligation and it gets all messed up and weird and I yeah I yeah that's I always want to write him happy because I think you've, you've had a, you had a shit go of it for 15 years, baby. Let me fix it for you. You come over here and I will fix it for you. I don't like yeah. writing an, angsty things. I just want to, I just want happy. Hmm. Yeah. I was just watching um, an episode. It was uh, the Just My Imagination one with Sully mm. and they had the, you know, the oh. backstory of him and how much he kind of wanted to, you know, be a hunter and, you know, go with his father and Dean. And you, you mentioned something that kind of like, I guess, cause I always have to contrast them, right? Like that's the way I can kind of like reconcile, like it's Sam and Dean, you know, just, they, they make this like two sides of the same coin kind of thing. And do you think that with Sam, it's really more of always wearing a mask for a long time? Like in terms of what does he have to show based off of you know, who he's with and the situation. I mean, what you mentioned about him being in Stanford, I mean, I can't really thinking about it, how much he just didn't tell Jessica, you know, about what was going on with him and and his life and having to hide that so much, depending on like where he was and then the running away. Like, that's just, I don't know, that kind of stuck out to me when you were talking. Yeah. I mean, he really like, I, I've written, um, one of my favorite things to write has been this uh, crossover series that I wrote about Spencer Reed uh, from Criminal Minds and Sam becoming friends. Mm. Um, and they have so much in common. They're so like like geeky and adorable mm. and traumatized together. And mm. I love writing this series. And they're just, they're just, you know, they're just best friends and they like call each other up and like don't really talk about what's going on in their lives. But um one of the things that I filled in with the last uh, with the last piece of that series was um, his relationship with Amelia and like what he did when when Dean was gone. And I think that some of the most interesting things about Sam um, and some of the things that we don't see at all are, are you know, who he is when Dean's not around because he has no idea who he mm. is when Dean's not around sometimes. Mm. Yeah. It just like unmoors him. Mm-hmm. And so trying to, you know, get in that headspace of, and again, you know, when Dean is in hell, there's, there's that element of, you know, the, the demon blood and the amount of self-loathing that must've been going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with yeah. Amelia, it's this thing of like, you know, I can only be loved when I hide this massive part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's so much to explore there. Um, and I really like, I feel like it's not so much a compare and contrast mm-hmm. thing. So like Sam, um, there's, it feels like there's always something that Sam has to hide about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a different part based on where he is and who he's with. Can you talk about the Amelia storyline, please? What did you think oh, of okay. that? Oh, Amelia. 
Oh, jeez. Um, That's my I input have, to this. Uh, I have a lot of problems with that storyline, just, just like a lot from a writing perspective, mm. really. Like if I think about it from the, it, it feels very lazy from the mm. writer's perspective. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, like, I really wish that they had actually taken the time to um, make her a character and not just um, someone to sort of give Sam shit and, and, you know, like uh, their dynamic was so weird. It didn't work. Right. Like they didn't, I, I didn't see, I mean, and I've listened to other people talk about it too. I, I don't see what I I could see at the base level where if he was like running from something, right. Like that was maybe like where he ended up, but I didn't see any, there was nothing there. I don't know what it was. I didn't, I didn't feel well, you, I felt you, they were broken together. Right. Like, so you could maybe yeah. connect that, but I didn't. You don't regularly so, like run over dogs and then form <laughs> intense romantic relationships with the, was she the owner of the dog or the vet that treated the dog? She's a vet that treated. Yeah, you don't, you don't regularly. That's how much I remember about the Amelia storyline. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck you, lady. Just once, just fucking once, it would have been really nice for Sam to just have a relationship with someone who wasn't awful. Like, that would have just been, like, Ruby was awful. Amelia was awful. Fucking Eileen all- is great. I love Eileen. Oh, yeah, Eileen is great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. He has a type. He likes the teeny tiny, like dark haired brunettes who could please fuck don't him say up. it. Please don't, please don't say it. Oh God, please don't um, say it. If someone else I, says that to me, I'm gonna just explode. Please, please don't. I don't want. I don't want to hear anything to do with Size King or anything to do with oh, the word no, that might oh start God, with no, D. Like no. I think he likes that whole like oh shit like realizing that that this girl could kick his ass mm-hmm. <laughs> like whether verbally or physically mm-hmm. like it takes yeah. a bunch of <laughs> anyway yeah. um I think that like that was something that I really went into in that story was the fact that there was no real connection there other than the fact that both of them needed a fresh start mm-hmm. and I think that you know, you could, they could have had a really rich storyline with that. And they, they really didn't um, give it the emotional uh, time and space and patience that it deserved, I think, Um, because that could have, you know, that could say a lot about Sam, like the Mm -hmm. fact that he like clings to whatever he can find and tries to run away Mm -hmm. when, when Dean is around, like turns and runs in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And make himself like the exact opposite of of who he is when Dean is around, because he doesn't know what else to do with himself. Mm-hmm. I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, he really just like. I think that he just really needed a fresh start, and he happened to find someone else who did, and so they formed this incredibly unhealthy, dishonest relationship that maybe maybe Sam needed a little bit to you know pretend like he could be normal for a little while i i get it i mm-hmm. just i don't i don't love how the writers approached it so. yeah. i wonder if they no, didn't absolutely. do the flashback too like if they'd kind of done it a little bit differently because i that whole mm-hmm. season even with like the purgatory stuff i almost felt like if they'd kind of 
done it a little more linear, you know, it might've had a, a different groove to it and you could kind of like really understand, you know, what was going on and sink into that, you know, without like the flashbacks and the, every time Amelia, yeah. Amelia was like gauzy, like it was like, what filter are they using? And I mean, it's, it's a shame because it's the best season by far for Sam hair, but you know, it's like, so you definitely get that aspect of it, <laughs> but like, yeah, otherwise, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to interject right here because Lou is bringing some really insightful thoughts about like the character of Sam and things mm-hmm. like that. And I'm a base person. So <laughs> <laughs> which is your favorite season of hair and if you don't say a i'm gonna kick you out of the zoom right now <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it's a like the scene where he is in like in bed like with amelia at the hotel and the sheets are down around his waist and he's shirtless and the hair is just flowing around his shoulders and like that is he that is peak physical mm, yeah. perspective like it doesn't really get much better than that. Like, no. I think I think he has his shirt on in that scene though, because I remember remarking to no, multiple she people. Had- no. That scene, she is wearing his shirt. He is shirt. <laughs> oh, it's a different. It's a different scene then, because there's definitely a scene of them in the hotel. Because the camera follows the trail of clothes, and then he's oh. in bed with a white shirt on, and I'm like, "How you take all those clothes off, fam? And you've kept that shirt on? No, you." No, it's the, it's the one where they, where they get back together. Like where uh, it's not a flashback. It's like when he goes back to see her, and they end up in bed together. And he's like propped mm-hmm. up on one elbow, sort of like gazing off into yeah. the distance, yeah. being angsty. And like, it's all, <laughs> I just love him. He's so pretty. That's all. Yeah. No. No. That's cool. I will go and go and Google it. Oh God. I've just I've Googled it, and now I'm looking at that filler that they put over her all the time. And I, yeah. God, that was yeah. so good hair, though. That was the best hair season. <laughs> that was the best, the best hair season. Uh, he looked really good in some of the later seasons too. Like seasons, I guess it was like twelve and thirteen. That was a really good look. And then season four was fantastic. I love season four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I love a, a a dark side Sam. Honestly, <laughs> I like come to I the liked, right place. <laughs> I liked season six as her. I thought season six hair went really well with with I did, other Sam. The sideburns. Wait, wait, was the sideburns season six or season seven? It's multiple seasons, and I love it. And all of chops was it like six and seven? <laughs> where it was, yeah, where it's coming out <laughs> out into his cheeks. I I like it. I yeah. like it. I like it in all the seasons. Like, otherwise, yeah, season season six and seven, he was spectacularly beautiful. But just all of yeah. the seasons. Fine. <laughs> yeah, but season six had that scene in it. So mm-hmm. that one scene. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't even know. need to mention it. We're just like, yeah, that one, yeah, that one scene though. Uh-huh. There was there was yeah. like five minutes long, and it's the best part of the whole fucking show. <laughs> genuinely fight me. I sort of like like sat up and was like, oh shit. Like this is an upset. This is a problem. This is a serious. I have a problem. I'm ashamed, Sandra. Right oh, now, you're I don't going know. to. I am. Going to, I'm gonna mute I myself because I just can't. I feel. I feel like I need to hang my head in shame. I am. I don't know how many previous episodes of the podcast you've listened to, Lou, but we were talking about how we got into Supernatural, and she was brought to Supernatural by Jared from Gilmore Girls and gave up on him for Dean in season six. She had that fucking scene and she was like, nah, the short one. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, it's 
to each his own. I'm no, 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 for that one. No, I will shame you about that forever. If you'd have come, if you'd have come from Days of Our Lives or that other daytime TV show he was on and been like, mm, yes, D, it would have been fine. But no, you part of like he drew you in with yes. all his beautiful face, and yes. you went. And I went, no, I'm going to um, out. It, it, it took me, like, yeah, it took me that long to kind of make a decision. <laughs> and it was that. We that were millimeters from Dick, Sandra. His <laughs> jeans were that low. And you were like, nah, the short woman, nowhere. That's, <laughs> that's the one. I love Dean. I love Dean. But like, that's always going to be a part of the How dare you? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get it back to Soulless Sam though for a second. Uh, yeah, that, tell, so do tell you, me your like, feelings on Soulless yeah, Sam. Storyline. I mean, you were talking a lot about the demon blood, but it, it feels like you get a lot of inspiration from Soulless Soulless Sam stuff too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I th- I have thought about this so much because like I had to I have massively like psychoanalyzed myself based on Supernatural, uh, <laughs> as we I all have. have. <laughs> like, I've never gone to therapy and I really should have, but like all of my therapy has been writing about supernatural. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, so the way I feel about it is that Sola Sam is sort of, um, and I think this is what a lot of people sort of get wrong about him is that he's not evil. He mm-hmm. is not like this monster, chaotic, whatever he is. Um, he is Sam without any of the self-doubt or shame. Yeah. And I think shame is what powers Sam a lot and makes him doubt himself and, and you know, makes him um, really question who he is. And, I, and so I think that without that um, and without the sort of, um, you know, he doesn't feel guilty about anything. He doesn't, he doesn't feel ashamed of himself. He doesn't, he doesn't care. And so he's not um, going after women and like all of that because he is degrading or whatever. He 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 just he he sees and he wants and he goes after. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that um, for me, you know, a lot of what I write about, I guess, is um, comes down to like the amount of shame that a lot of women feel about sex um, and a lot of, you know, there's so much shame surrounding any discussion of, you know, kink and mm-hmm. uh, all, all of it really. I mean, all of those things that, that um, so many women fantasize about, there is this stigma and the shame around. And I think that for me, something that I've written a lot about is um, just like the, Uh, finding someone who um, you trust enough and who will not shame you (laughs) for Mm -hmm. any of those. Mm -hmm. And for me that, you know, like that's like the ultimate fantasy is finding someone who make you not feel ashamed of anything when it comes to sex. And so for me, like Sola Sam, I think is the perfect um, encapsulation of that really Um, Mm -hmm. because he does not give a fuck what is considered like wrong or right or taboo or whatever if it makes you feel good he wants to do it mm. and so that's like I, I mean for me that's what like for us sinners was about really was 
um, you know, him showing her, like, I, I really don't care. Like, you can feel ashamed all you want and you can feel judged all you want, but like, like that's not coming from me. I will never um, make you feel guilty for any of this stuff. Um, what, what was the line? Like, like God judges you. I don't. Mm. Yeah. Um, something like that at the end. And yeah, I mean, for me, that's what it really comes down to is that he does not feel any sort of shame whatsoever. And I think that's a really interesting, <laughs> uh, fascinating way to live. I can't mm. imagine. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am. I do remember, I don't remember a lot of things that have gone into this. She keeps all the notes, but I do remember bringing a tag from Forest Sinners to the podcast, which was, they fuck in a church, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had an episode of AO3 Tags and I was like, this is good, it's just great. It encapsulates this whole story. I love it. It's good. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, fab. <laughs> Fabulous. Now, again, really insightful things about, about Solo Sam there and I'm over here like, I just think he's really hot when he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> just like it when he's possessed. But like, that's what it is, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, like everybody wants that sort of like animalistic, like does not care, um, completely like in the moment dedicated to whatever you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that that's incredible. Um, and I think a lot of times, like Dean sort of has that attitude a lot of the time um, when he talks about women, where he's like totally just like enthusiastic and happy and like, like just gets really psyched about sleeping <laughs> with women. <laughs> um, and it's adorable. I love that about him. Like it's, he's not like, he's not degrading. He's appreciating. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that for Sam, a lot of these relationships that he has, again, like he he has that like combative, shameful, guilty, this is not necessarily a healthy relationship, relationship going on a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Um, and like for me, that scene with Ruby, where they finally hook up in uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, that is one of the yep. hottest scenes that I have ever seen in my entire it life. It is though. Mm-hmm. It is though. Oh, my God. And I again, it's where like, like he gets over his, he, he, or he decides to do it anyway, in spite of the guilt and shame that he feels in the moment. He's like, fuck it. Let's just go for it. I know this is wrong and I'm going to do it anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just, really interesting. My fake need was literally in that scene. Mm-hmm. I was watching, I was watching it while I was sick and I was like, Hey, you know what would be really fun to do? If we did, if if I did this, and I, it's still one of the things I'm most proud of, and everybody else seems to like it as well, which is always a bonus. <laughs> always a bonus. Yeah, I think, I again, super insightful about like possessed Sam, soulless Sam, and the whole. He's not trying to fit in. He's not trying to be what people expect him to be. He's not trying to be like the good brother to Dean or anything like that. He's like, oh no, this is all for me. This is all for Sam, and fuck it. I like yeah. that. Totally. I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that as a concept. Okay, so this is normally the part of any given podcast where we would go, hey, our sponsor today is, but we ain't sponsored. So we just have some uh, causes, some charities that we'd like to um, bring to your attention, point you in the direction of if you feel 
able or willing to donate to them. We have three main sort of causes, inverted commas, that we're uh, uh, promoting feels like the wrong word, but like signposting, highlighting, mm. if you will. Mm. So the first one is um, to do with the conflict in Ukraine, the Russian invasion unlawfully of Ukraine. So we would just like to draw your attention to World Central Kitchen, which, as it sounds like, is, um, you know, helping to feed people that are affected by this conflict. Um, You know, although it's dropped out of the media quite a bit now, there's still a hell of a lot of people in the Ukraine that are trapped, that are cut off you know, that are struggling for food and water and basic supplies. So that's what that charity is there for. We have Kids Save, which again, as the name suggests, is looking out for the children that are affected um, by this. I mean, conflict feels like the wrong word. It's, you know, it's an unlawful invasion. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. Kids Save. And then we have, if you don't want to sort of, if you don't feel you can or want to commit to just one single charity, We also have a link to the global giving page for the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund, which obviously is then split between various different places that needs to go. It's sort of the global equivalent of a GoFundMe or a Just Giving page. So we have that. And then for those of you that are in the US and, oh, Lord, we know it's hard right now. We do. So we have the um, Mums Demand Action, Ending Gun Violence, um, the Sandy Hook Promise, advocate for gun regulation in your state, wherever you may be. We have the American Civil Liberties Union, which is, you know, basic human rights. Come on, people. Like, I, it, it doesn't feel like it should be this hard, but somebody needs to give your government a kick up the ass and be like, mm-hmm. hey, it's not this hard. You're making it harder than it is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, vote.gov. You know, look up the voting regulations in your state, in your area, find out what you need to do, be informed, be prepared, because that is the best way to enact any kind of change. And that doesn't just go for the US, that goes for the UK, anywhere else. Educate yourself. Know what you need to do so nobody can catch you out. Last cause, definitely not least, LGBT, LGBTQ plus people, my folks, we are under attack. There's no easy way to say it. There's no nice way to say it. People want us dead, yo. It's really heavy in the US. It's coming in the UK, you know, and it's fucking hard. There's no one cause fits all for this. There's nothing particularly global. And to be honest, I didn't really want to signpost to any, you know, causes that are fighting against this. I want to bring this down more to people. You know, we're not just, we're not a statistic. Everyone's a person. So the causes I want to signpost are Switchboard LGBT in the UK and the Trevor Project in the USA. And they are both um, services where you can reach out, you can be connected to people to talk to, you know, it's hard. We need to come together, guys. So if you need to talk to somebody, if you need help, if you are not safe where you are, these charities will help you. You know, reach out to them, even if it's just someone to talk to, even if it's just someone to go, this fucking sucks. If you need that help, reach out as well. For anyone outside of the US and the UK, I'd like to draw your attention to the Trevor Project. Again, they have resources for international LGBTQ+ people youth we know that as much as it's hard in our countries it's a hell of a lot harder in some other countries and it's not easy to come out it's not easy to be safe so take a look at that link for some resources some places to go for help 
some ideas of how to keep yourself safe. So again, it's not a sponsor. We wish we had a nice fun sponsor to bring you, but we know that it's hard and we just want to point you in the direction of help for others if you can give it and help for yourself if you need it. So back to the podcast, I guess. Can I, can I bring it to Dean for a second for contrast purposes? Because you, you started talking about Soul of Sam. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on Demon Dean. And if it's still a little bit different than Soul of Sam. Because I feel like in the beginning, and they again, they could have explored that a lot more and they didn't. But I think with Demon Dean, there's still inherently there was some shame or guilt there where I don't think there necessarily was with Sola Sam. Like I almost, I don't know with Dean, there's more bravado, you know, and like, well, this is what I think I need to be doing too in that scenario where yeah. Sam like just didn't have it, you know, he didn't, he just didn't, didn't care. Yeah. So I feel like, like demon Dean is almost just like the purest form of all of the worst parts of Dean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like he, it's not, and I think it's because he doesn't have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And for Dean, I've, I always feel like, like the, the core thing that um, the core negative emotion that he feels like the core thing that motivates him um, for Sam, it's shame. And for Dean, it's guilt. Mm -hmm. And I think that the biggest difference in their personality. So like, for Sam, it's who he is. And for Dean, it's, it, he feels, he feels guilty for the things that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he defines himself by the things that he does. He mm-hmm. defines himself by his mission and like the fact that he has always had this purpose in life. And so I think that when Demon Dean comes along, it's, there is no purpose. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is no mission. There is no like drive it's just karaoke at a bar and it's yeah, hanging out with Crowley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hey, that was like, not seen in bed. Well, that was great, but <laughs> yeah, there was purpose there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all those like nasty bits of him. Yeah, he's it's so all- he's so mean to her. And it's like the way that it's it's not yet, yeah, like you said, the very like base parts of like that just yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's his most selfish instincts Mm. and like, like it takes away all of his drive to um, make the world better and, and therefore like takes away the things that he likes about himself, I think, Mm -hmm. because I think those are the things that he likes about himself is, is like the way that he can protect other people and what he can give to other people. Mm. And when he's Mm -hmm. a demon, he's, he doesn't care. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I really like, and he seems so depressed. Mm -hmm honestly i mean he seems so sad but he's mm-hmm. like sitting at the bar like lazily playing the piano yeah. um i read this this analysis once that was um the notes that he plays it's just like a couple notes there um and they're the beginning notes of uh hey jude hmm. which is yeah the song that mary uses and so he's like sitting there at the piano in a bar thinking about his mom Mm-hmm. and being sad about it and to me that's such an interesting like I had never noticed that and mm-hmm. I, I didn't pay that much attention when I saw it but I think that's a really interesting like encapsulation of who he was in that moment where he has all of Dean's like mm, 
guilt and sort of um, self-loathing dialed up to 11, mm. like nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. How about the parent dynamic? How much of a John Winchester, because we are very much not, you know, on board with anything. Best John Winchester Winchester is a dead John Winchester. (laughs) He is the worst. He is the absolute worst. (laughs) And I will die on hell. There are very few things that I like, like, I just, I, I cannot stand him. I cannot Mm -hmm. stand him. It makes me so sad. Um, It was a lot of the, for us, I know Carly and I have talked just the stuff he withheld from them mm. for so long and what that knowledge and information could have done to empower them both, but especially Sam. You know, if he if he'd felt the shame and could never really identify it for so long, why not be that parent that's like, I know this thing, you know, let me help yeah. you, or maybe that'll give you you know, a feeling of this is where you belong, you know, in this world, you don't have to run away from it. Let's, you know, let's face it together instead of this. Well, I'm just going to insulate the both of you, you know, and just, this is what we're going to do. This is the game plan. And where Dean is very much like, you know, the soldier, you know, Sam needs the information. Sam needs the knowledge. You know, it's not just good enough that dad said it, you know, he needs to know the why. Um, So, yeah. I think yeah. also that like the worst thing that John Winchester ever did was make making Dean feel like he didn't have a purpose beyond protecting his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, I mean, you see it. That's like, that's, that's what he always says to Dean is don't you, don't you dare leave Sam alone. Mm-hmm. You will yeah. protect him or else like you, this is your purpose in life and you can't, feel good about yourself unless you are doing a good job at this. Mm. And I think that that is what defines Dean like down to the very fucking end. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, I have a lot of problems with the finale, but I think that one of the things that, that I, that I, I like about it was the fact that Dean chose to stop and rest at that point, mm-hmm. chose to stop and rest and walk away from Sam because Sam wouldn't have left the life if if Dean was still there. He never mm-hmm. would have. And they would have resented each other for it. And you yeah. see that dynamic, like that push and pull, like through all 15 seasons. So yeah. at that point, it like at the finale, if they had if they had done that again and said, like, oh yeah, we're gonna like stick together and keep hunting, I feel like that's just setting them up for a repeat of the same cycle that has happened. Yeah. Throughout. It is frustrating. Like, uh, like again, like watching it over and over and over again, season after season, you know, I was just, we're just like screaming uh, at this, at the screen, like, why are you guys doing this again? Why, you know, like, and there's, there's slow, there's very slow improvement, right? Like, again, I think they had 15 years to kind of get each of them to a little bit of a better place. I think Dean was much more dug into his heels and not willing you like are not willing to at least accept or whatever but I think Sam sort of uh, Carly and I have thought you know he had to have gotten a little bit of therapy we feel like he did at some point like oh, you know, he had post, to <laughs> post Dean, he had to he had to have gone to somebody and been like hi please yeah. Same. yeah um but I feel like I feel like that was the one thing like that was the only possible satisfying ending to that like core motivation that mm-hmm. has defined Dean from the very beginning is um, to say to his dad, like, 
fuck you. I'm not going to watch out for Sam anymore. I'm going mm-hmm. to stop and rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this. Like I, I, I wrote something about this, like sort of filling in the blanks. And the way I see it was that he had like a mental conversation with Jack in that moment and said like, you know, please, please don't bring me back. Just make it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, just make it like easy for me to go. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that he could have come back if he wanted to. He's Dean mm-hmm. fucking Winchester. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that was like that his moment of, you know, making that choice finally to I stop away and let Sam have his life and, and to, to take a breath and rest. And I think that he deserved that. And regardless of like whatever uh, other problems I have with the finale <laughs> and I have many, you know, I think that that was the only possible satisfying arc look at looking back on it now I think he made that decision a little while before the barn though I think that decision came when he genuinely pulled a gun on Sam over Jack a few episodes beforehand and he was he was there they were down to the wire and he was like oh no I will I will and obviously Sam talked him down and it was fine and they went through Mm -hmm. but I think that was probably that turning point for Dean where he was like this has to stop we're gonna kill each other Either we're physically going to kill each other or we're going to stay together and the life will kill us. And I think that like, you know, he, I, I like to think that there was a lot of time that passed between, you know, them killing Chuck and that final Oh episode. yeah. Years they had, and years. You know, years. years. And I think at that point, like when you have vanquished God and like, like very much served your purpose, I don't think that I, I think that was all of the normal that Dean wanted. And once yeah. he sort of had that and like knew that the world was not going to be under the thumb of an oppressive dictatorial father, the way that he was most of his life, he was okay, you know, and he felt like he had done his job and he said, I'm not going to just hang around and protect my brother for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I think that was the ultimate fuck you to John Winchester. And I love that for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a rub, though, too, that it was one of his one of his father's cases, you know, that kind of didn't get finished that ended up, you know, being a source of his demise, too, which kind of pisses me off. It's like the parent mistakes still linger and create issues, too. No, no, I like that, though, because that's a callback. Oh, yeah, it's a callback. It still pisses me off. (laughs) That's that's fair enough. But I, I like I like the fact that John's John's mistake drove them back together and then it was mm. again John's mistake that closed the book if you like mm. I, don't, yeah. I don't mind that so much fuck John Winchester though yeah, like, yeah. Point of view, it's very satisfying yeah from mm. a from a if you think about it for the character I get mad but yeah. from a narrative yeah. Like, narratively yeah but for the character it's like really yeah the, the really kind of- like you've you've been dead for like 13 <laughs> seasons John fuck off we don't need any more of your input. You've been no gone more for influence, lunch. please. Stop. I know you came back for that one time, which was oh, weird, God. and we all oh, thought it was weird. Oh. I don't know who signed off on that. Uh, no, so trying to retcon all of his awful parenting. Like, oh, God. I'm really happy for Sam that he got that moment of his dad looking him in the eyes and telling him he was proud. But like, is that supposed to make? Dean didn't though. Dean didn't though. How awful he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Sam got the apology. Dean didn't get fuck all. I don't know who signed off on that episode, but it was dumb and I didn't like it. Oh my God. Okay. I like the blooper. I like the blooper from that episode though. That's funny. Yeah, that was a good one. Just mostly because it reinforces that no matter how old they get, they are both still 15-year-old boys. Love children. I really like that. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, bringing it, bringing it kind of back to AO3 from, from the show, because, I, I mean, we could sit here forever and a day <laughs> and talk about the show. And you've given, I've got to say, you've given me a lot to think about. I'm taking notes, <laughs> pondering over it. So let's look at some kind of like fanfic things. Are there any tropes that you really love? Any tropes that you find yourself using? Anything you're like, nope, none of that? Talk to us about um, that. I've never been like a huge fan of ABO, but that's again, like I've, I've read it before, like to each his own, you know, I think that the right author can sell me on just about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, the writing is good enough. I really, I, I'm not going to look at the labels as much. I, and that's how I tend to like find fic. It's just, you know, browse until I find a really incredible fic by an author and then like go read all of their works <laughs> yeah we do uh, that as well it's like a li- little present to you isn't it when you click in this like 20 odd works and you're like oh fucking yes. god yes <laughs> um and I think that like the other thing that I I really dislike is uh, and this is more of like a, a philosophical like society as a whole problem than a writing problem but I think that a lot of um a lot of like BDSM and kink fic especially is very unhealthy. Yes. Um, the dynamics that are portrayed yes. are incredibly unhealthy. And that is, I am not about that. Um, I really, I, I, you know, maybe it's bitchy to call it the 50 shades effect, but. No, it I, is though. <laughs> We're going to blame all of that on her. Mm-hmm. Every last fucking bit of it. It's all oh. her. Yeah, I have a big problem with the way a lot of, of you know, really unhealthy relationships are glorified. And I there's yeah. one thing, it's one thing to sort of work through that shit as a writer and like be, you know, but I think you can tell. I think you can tell when the writer is working through some things that they know are unhealthy, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. dark impulses or negative history or whatever, versus someone who just thinks that that's how relationships are supposed to be and I don't know how you can tell I don't know like like (laughs) I don't know how to you know define it but I think reading it's the same thing as like the male gaze in porn where you don't really like you can tell Mm -hmm. when it's not that Mm -hmm. you can tell you know anyway um Yeah. yeah that really bothers me but other than that, I'll read just about anything, honestly. Yeah. Is there anything like, if you like, let's say, I don't know how often you like read on AO3 versus Tumblr, but is there any tags that you just like automatically exclude and you're just like, nah, none, none of that. Any warnings or anything? Because we we have we have things that we just I mean, I do. Incest is a no for me, incest and pedophilia, but like beyond that, no. There used to be. I I I think when I started reading and writing again, like I was processing a lot of trauma and there were things that were really triggering for me to read. And so I stayed away from, but at this point I kind of, I've worked through a lot of my shit and um, 
I think that as long as you're aware of what you're going into, like, I don't yeah. think that, you know, it's really off limits for me. Sometimes you're just in the mood to read like some really brutal, awful, terrible things happening to someone as long as you know there's a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, that's always the key. Isn't exactly. it? We don't want anyone to be sad. Just like yeah. we can beat the fuck out of each other, but then I want I want hugs afterwards. So I want, I want or happy at least people. like think about it, you know? Like like it's okay to make people sad if you want them to if if they end up like working through their own shit, I think. Mm. Um and I think yeah. that's that's what it is for me, is that like you know like I said it's always been kind of a a therapeutic thing for me and I think that um you know when I was growing up I was really lonely a lot of the time um I felt really isolated and I I then I was working through trauma and like all of this stuff and and um I think that when I was in high school especially like there were times when books and movies and music were you know there for me when people weren't mm-hmm. uh, and that was kind of how I learned to to deal with my own emotions and to sort of connect um mm-hmm. there's this quote that I love um I I quote this all the time and um but it's from the history boys um and I'm probably I'm paraphrasing so forgive me if I get it wrong but it's um uh the best moments in reading are when you come across something uh, a thought or a way of looking at things that you had thought special um, or particular to yourself. Um, and here yeah. they are set down on the page by someone you've never met, maybe even someone long dead. And it's as, as if a hand has come out and taken yours. Mm. And for me, that's always like when you have those moments where you're like, oh, that's that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going through. I'm not the only one who feels that way. I think for me, that's always what I've wanted to do with writing and like what I love about art in all its forms um, yeah. is that connection. And so, you know, nobody's nobody's alone in what they're feeling. Nobody's like the only person who has these fantasies or like the only person who's gone through this thing and, and writing and stories are the way that we kind of reach out to each other when we can't do it in person. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, like, yeah, it's really, it's really healing. Like even when you find the sad stories, even when you find the the darker ones, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to know that you're not the only one and there's somebody else out there thinking about those things. So yeah, I think anything goes, um, I won't read incest or pedophilia, but like, oh, and I guess like, yeah. I, I'm not really like, <laughs> like, uh, bodily fluids so much. <laughs> um, yeah. But just, like, genuinely like like there aren't really any common tropes that I'm kind of like violently against so no cool cool thank you thank you for filling us in um so Sandra had some questions that are related to specific fix so the floor is yours Sandra oh I get to ask yay you get questions (laughs) both of us are about Dean by the way technically (laughs) no um yes they are Yes, they are. (laughs) No, the one question is not. It's a J2. It's a J2 story. So that's a Jensen. It's a David Jason. Um, No, I wanted, (laughs) because I know that um, you'd written the Everything series, the the J2 reader, and that you eventually like reworked and revised it to self-publish it. Um, What was... 
what made you decide to do that? Because I did that with, you know, a Dean fic um, as well, kind of like, you know, rework names and different things like that. And what your process was knowing that, you know, um, with writing and how long you've done that, like, did you edit it yourself? Did you get outside editing assistance? Like if you could talk a little bit about that process and why you made that decision. I honestly, I don't think I edited much at all about that, except for like the names and filling in some details, mm-hmm. you know, cause like the, the annoying thing about <laughs> original fiction is that you have to reintroduce, like introduce characters every time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that whole bit of nonsense. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I added that in, but otherwise I think I mostly just changed the names because it was, you know, it was an AU. So, so there was no real, um, no real identifying things. It was, yeah, I, I think that was it. But I mean, um, I did that because, you know, I was, I was thinking about seeing if I could, um, sort of make a go of it, like self-publishing on, mm-hmm. Kindle and stuff. And I didn't want to start with a completely original thing Mm -hmm. because I do this thing where I put a lot of pressure on myself and, um, psych myself out. And, uh, you know, if it was, if I was going to write a specifically for Kindle, I would have overthought it and like Mm -hmm. not ended up doing it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so instead I figured, you know, I, I already have this, I'm really proud of it. It is the appropriate length for a novella like might as well that's mm-hmm. a good place to start. Mm-hmm. um yeah yeah that was that was about it honestly I was really proud of that um yeah and I'm proud of the fact that it sold like any copies <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah no that was it was interesting I I have realized that I don't think you know publishing on Kindle is a thing for me but mm-hmm. I'm glad I, I tried it so yeah yeah and so then my, my Dean related question is about marked. Uh, I just wanted to know like what, I mean, obviously Mark of Cain was, I'm guessing the inspiration, but like, cause it's, it's a great, it's a, it's a really long piece. And like, was there a certain something that you watched in supernatural that inspired you to like go that route with Dean and like, you know, go on that journey in that, in that story with Mark? Ooh, um, so that's another one where that is 100% me working through my issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was, yeah, that was an incredibly like personal thing to write. And honestly, it started out as just like, it really started out as just, I want to explore some smutty, smutty, smut. And mm-hmm. uh, then I kind of just, I started writing and it turned into, um, it turned into a little bit more than that. And I started thinking about, um, you know, just like what it would be like to sort of have him fall for somebody in that state. Mm -hmm. And I had this idea of, you know, like, what if you, what if they were together and then um, he changed and he turned into a demon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I realized that I was writing about my narcissistic ex (laughs) who would like, flip a switch and turn into a demon every so often Mm. um and that was my way of writing you know a really good relationship where he ended up flipping a switch and and um you know she would have to deal with that and I sort of I originally intended to leave it there uh Mm -hmm. when he changed and then um as I was working through the aftermath of that relationship for me um 
I realized that that was only about the halfway point of the story Mm -hmm. and that I owed it to myself and to them to sort of finish it out and give them a happy ending. Mm. Um, And that was my way of sort of just writing out the, um, the recovery process and sort of feeling it out as I was living it and um, trying to write myself a happy ending, I guess. Mm -hmm. And what would it be? you know, I, if we were in that together and if he wasn't a bad person and, um, just making, you know, like, like writing what you wish it could have been Mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely do that a lot, but like, that was a really, I mean, that was a super intense thing to write. And it took me like two years. Like there was a point where I ask, yeah. How long it took. Yeah. Okay. Um, I stopped for like six months between mm-hmm. a couple of chapters. There was a point where like, I wasn't sure if I was going to finish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Parts of it were like, really, I just did not want to write about it. <laughs> in places. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got there. Um, and I'm really proud of it. I'm really, yeah. really proud of that. Story. As you should be. It's, it's, it's great. It's an awesome story. Yeah. It is Thank one of my favorites for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, that was, I still can't, kind of can't believe like how much of my uh emotional energy that Mm. took Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's the thing if you start sort of working through your kind of issues through the fiction you kind of you have to see it through don't you but you're like I don't want to do this it's hard when you're ready yeah it's like you know just like you're processing everything everybody's timeline is different you know and sometimes it does take it can take a while to get there and find that, mm-hmm. that ability. To and I think that. the nice thing about fiction and especially, you know, fantasy and stuff is that it gives you a, a layer of separation. Mm-hmm. Like you have to look directly at mm-hmm. those emotions. And I think that's what allowed me to work through a lot of it was that I wasn't, you know, trying to tell the actual nonfiction story. Right. There were demons and, you know, gins and magic and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I could just write about about the emotional stuff Mm -hmm. there. Um, So it gives you that layer of distance and a layer of separation that really, like, especially when you're talking about trauma, like you kind of need that. Yeah. You need that barrier between yourself and the memories, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to know your favorite Sam work that you've written and what we could read if we could do one of them for like when we do our ramble on or when I do the ramble on narration, what, um, what one I might be able to read. Um, so I think one of my, like my favorite to write has been that Spencer Reed, Sam Winchester friendship series, Mm -hmm. Uh which is called, um, coffee and psychopaths. uh, (laughs) Yeah. They they drink a lot of coffee and just like talk about, (laughs) science a lot and like serial killers and geek out about psychology and I love that shit Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh, and it's like a really fun puzzle sort of like meshing the canons together and finding Mm -hmm. like the crossover in those but anyway um it was really fun to fun to write I don't know if it's like um the best or what I'm most proud of um marked is definitely up there that's one of the ones I'm I am still I sometimes I go back and I really like get the itch to rewrite the first couple chapters because I think Mm. it shows that it was written over two years but um uh and then uh all that I ask Mm -hmm. um which is a Sam one 
as about a different stage of recovery, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was, uh, that was, that was really meaningful to me. I'm really proud of that one. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Sandra sent me the link for that one, like a week ago. And I was like, yep, no, I'm definitely, yes, I will read that before podcast. <laughs> and I didn't. So I'm really sorry. I read about it though. That. So it's definitely, <laughs> Look, it's definitely up for contentions. Yes. I, I think that might be the the winner, at least that if, Look if out you're for good comment, with it. Though. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Really anything though. I mean, my, I have like a post of my favorites on a section of my favorites on Tumblr. And okay. so like really anything on there, like go honestly, anything. I don't, I'm proud of all of them. To yeah. like, As you should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any other writers that you would recommend to for our readers um, that we should? Um, as far as like supernatural reader insert, um, my favorites are, uh, uh, Little Green Plastic Soldier. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. She's amazing. I absolutely love her story. She was one of the first people that, that got me into Supernatural. Um, and uh, Spoops, um, S-P-O-O-P-S, uh, I think is okay. how it's spelled on Tumblr. Okay. Um, but she has some stories that are just so mind-blowingly hot the way that she writes sam is just incredible hmm, okay yes. give me all yeah. them some links later <laughs> give me all of them um yeah anything on either of their master lists honestly are really fantastic okay fabulous thank you very much for that so i think unless you have anything else you want to talk about we're our questions. Anything <laughs> else you want to talk about? Signpost? Anything? I don't think so, really. I mean, like, like I'm always down to talk about writing and supernatural and psychoanalyze the shit out of everybody. Right. Um, <laughs> That's good. Cause that means then, you know, if we ever decide to, you know, do another topic or something and maybe you're available, you could you could come on. Yeah. And, and come back and, and chat. This has been super fun. This yeah. has been super, super fun. It's been great. We've loved it as well. It's nice to like geek out about a thing with other people who love it. Yeah. Really yeah. Like, it's a downside, escape, like, right. I, I, I enjoy these times with Carly a lot. So it's, it's nice to, to increase, you know, reach out to other people. And, and I just yeah. like listening to, you know, your thoughts on everything as well and seeing how Carly and I were talking about it a little bit earlier. Like you're talking about wish fulfillment and just different things that, you know, as writers and just as people, we all really have in common. And, and I, I, I like, I like hearing, hearing that it makes me feel to have a little more, um, I don't know if, uh, hope it's <laughs> a good yeah. word right now, but maybe a little more hope, you know, in, in, in what's happening in the future and, and things in general, you know, that I there's think, like, honestly, all of the good stuff that I ever learned about sex, uh, like consent and body positivity and kink in a healthy way. And like all of this, like it all came from fan fiction. Thank you. Yes. I yes. Yep. Stuff from fan fiction before I was, would ever like even consider it in real life. And I think that if I hadn't had that example, I wouldn't have known so many things about like, 
how to ask for things, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so like, where do they teach that shit? There you is don't. no good way to learn about it. I, I raise my hand as a 48 year old woman. Mm-hmm. Fanfic is what's helped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that like, I, I really, it's been so incredible to find, you know, just like to just reach out and, and, and write about some of the things that have always tripped me up and not mm-hmm. only just like be able to write about like how it should have gone, but to sort of find other people who have those same hangups and the same insecurities and mm-hmm. um, just really like, like carve out a space for ourselves where female sexuality is encouraged and uh, openly discussed and yeah, I don't and know. Not dictated I mean, it, by someone else as to how it yeah, has to be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And it's been, it's, it's really honestly like changed my life and, and how I think about a lot of things because I really, like, I don't think that I would have realized a lot of things about sex and consent if it hadn't been for, for fan fiction. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 100%. I mean, I love it. I love this the, the little community and I love, you know, the friends that I've made and I love just the fact that it exists and that there are people who care enough about these things to to write about them and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, One, absolutely. Okay. Um Yeah, thank you Lou. We're going to do a couple like more housekeeping things, but we wanted to thank yeah. you for for coming. We definitely want to try to have you back at some point. We'd love to talk more about more things that. supernatural you know themes writing all that all that great stuff and yeah. I'm glad we got a chance to connect like I said I've I've followed you for a while on Tumblr and you know had your stuff like your I've subscribed to you on AO3 for a while so really just to get to talk to you has been has been yeah. awesome it's been great I yeah. really appreciate it thank Small you small fun moment just like, oh my god <laughs> It still surprises me whenever that happens. It's it's so flattering. It's really absolutely. You've done you've done a lot of you've done you've done great service for many of us. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining us, Lou. And listeners, if you want to go check out Lou's stuff, which is freaking awesome, and you absolutely should, it's there must be a lock. And it's underscores on AO3 and dashes on Tumblr. I remember things. Yeah. And we're going to put rem- tons of like links and stuff in the description. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That you'll be able to find links all, all over stuff. the show. Yeah. 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 Links all over the show. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been freaking awesome. You're welcome back anytime. Come, thank come you help, so much. help me hold up Sam. He's really fucking happy. I will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah, need more of that. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, email us at idlinginthimpala at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are idling in the letter D Impala. To reach out to me or to read some of my work on AO3, you can find me under Drasna, D-R-A-S-N-A. On Twitter, I'm S. Kyle Writes, S-K-Y-L-E-W-R-I-T-E-S. And if you'd like to read some of my original fiction, you can visit my website at sandrakyle.com. Yay, well done. She had to read that. I know she had to read that. <laughs> so um, I'm the agent of chaos and all the things, but in this one specific area, I'm very organized. So if you want to reach out to me, I am Carly Karma on AO3 and Twitter. So that's Kilo, Alpha, Romeo, Lima, Echo, Echo, and then Karma as you spell it normally. Same profile picture in both places in case you think, hey, I wonder if there's two people out there with a weird spelled name. Same profile picture, it's probably me. So, you know, reach out, 
send us an email reach out to us on twitter if you've got any fic recommendations you've got any things you want to hear us talk about hear our opinions on reach out let us know what's going on thank you very much for listening guys and we will see you next time bye bye bye